Good morning. It's good to see this number with us. We're going to pick back up in John chapter 18 and most likely finish up this chapter on the uh, arrest and trial of Christ before his uh, the actual conviction or before the actual crucifixion. So uh, we've went over, we spent a great deal of time discussing why it was illegal in terms of Jewish law to actually try Jesus for the crimes for which they um, prosecuted him for. And so, and we've we got into last week through verse uh, 11 of the actual arrest of him. And now they have taken him uh, before one of the high priests, which was Annas. And they're going to begin the actual interrogation and his trial. So let's read real quick 12 through 23. Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law, to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without, then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door and and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, "Art Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he saith, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered, saying, I spake openly to the world. I have ever taught in the synagogue, the temple, Rather, the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me. What I have said unto them, behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answer the high, uh, Answerest the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smittest thou me? Okay, so they have captured Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane with the help of Judas who betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver. And... um, have led him away... Uh, bound, handcuffed, however you want to, however you picture that. Um, why do they call them handcuffs if they go around the wrist, Aaron? 
But they led him away, uh, bound, and to led him to Annas, which was the high priest at that time. So, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we read and we know that there was a, I'm not going to say a large number of disciples, but we do know that there was some apostles and disciples. How big that group was, we don't know. Uh, but we do know that they left. Uh, don't know if they ran off or just left. I know we do know that Jesus pleaded with the guards uh, to let them go freely, just to take him and let the others go. Um, <clears throat> So, in verse 15, it says that Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. Who is this other disciple he's referring to? John. Okay. So, basically, John is referring to himself in the third person in this text. So, Peter and John went with Jesus as they led him bound to uh, the palace of the high priest. Uh, John went in with him, but Peter stood outside. And we kind of had this discussion last week. I think Brother Paul brought it up um, about the apostles as well as the disciples still somewhat didn't fully understand the extent of what was going on or even the prophecy that it was not going to be an earthly kingdom it was to be uh, the heavenly kingdom uh, or a heavenly kingdom uh, or the church and so um, you know Paul brought up the the issue that maybe Peter was disappointed or confused or angry or all the above because he had drawn his sword and in an effort to cut a man's head off, cut the ear off instead. So he was prepared to begin the battle, to begin that revolution and to set up the earthly kingdom which Jesus promptly uh, stopped all that from happening. Um, And and Peter was perhaps, you know, like I said, confused, you know, on why he did that and and wasn't sure about what was going on now. So, uh, but he still went with John to the council, in the palace of the high priest, but he stood outside while John went in with him. And it says that John knew the high priest, so what that relationship, we don't know, whether it's just, uh, you know, John obviously perhaps was well-known, or maybe they just knew him from his teachings or something of that matter, but... He knew the high priest. 
And so loved that by everybody that they put him on pack phones. They didn't kill him. True. That's true. He seemed from the son of thunder won't have a fire come down and destroy the uh, Samaritans to the man of love. And so he had such a great personality. Mm Mm-hmm. So he was well-known and, and well, I guess you could say, well-respected in that regards. And, and most likely, had he not had that respect, uh, they probably wouldn't even let him in with Jesus. So, um, so Jesus has brought, been brought in, and it kind of, he, you know, uh, the author here, John, kind of cuts away from what's going on with Christ and goes back to Peter, what's going on with Peter. And so the maid asks uh, Peter, are you not one of his disciples? And what does he say? No. He says, no, I'm not. So, and... I haven't read this anywhere or even heard of it, but the thought did occur to me that perhaps that maid had perhaps listened or heard some of the teachings and maybe was had even been a follower, considering we do know it was extremely popular among the common people, which the maid at that time would have been considered, you know, a common person. So there's the chance that he, she knew who Christ was, who John was, who Peter was, and possibly had even uh, heard or was a believer. But she asked Peter uh, if he was with them or one of the disciples. And that might have been why she asked him because she was a believer and maybe was going to have a discussion, but he denies it. Um, what time of year was this occurring? Anybody? When, know? It when it was cold, I have read, you know, somewhere in April, and, and that would, could be confirmed through the calendar of the Jews and when Passover uh, occurred. So it would have been April, and it was cold. So the soldiers there had built a fire um, and were out there warming themselves. And, that, and this is in regards to the temple guard, okay? This is not the band of soldiers that went to capture Jesus because that was a Roman... Uh, I don't forget the word. I, regiment, whatever the word I used last week. Uh, uh, they had already been dispatched or released and went back to their post. So this would have just been the temple guards there. But they were outside warming themselves because it was cold. And uh, and this just blows my mind. But Peter went over there with them to stand around the fire to get warm. Anybody else find that strange or is it just me? You know, here he is ready to kill them uh, an hour, however long ago it was, and now he's kind of squeezing in there with them, you know, rubbing his hands, trying to get warm. Yeah, uh, he was definitely trying to blend in, 
uh, because what happened? They that someone recognized him and asked. And, and John, his account does not go into the the detail of the all of it. But the the second time they ask him again, he denies it. Does he not? Um. And then the third time, he, he gets angry about it. So there's, uh, let's see. The first two times, uh, just hold that thought, maybe come back to me. Uh, but the high priest, um, so after John discusses the denial of Christ by Peter, he kind of goes back into what's going on with the trial of Jesus. So, um, the high priest asked Jesus um, about his disciples and about his doctrine. Um, And Jesus basically tells them, you know, you know exactly what my doctrine is. Uh, I haven't, I've been open about it. I've talked and preached and taught um, openly um, and I think everybody knows what I'm teaching so why are you asking me this and um, and when and I guess it was the way he answered the high priest it was it made the high priest look bad. Like, you know, kind of like, you're an idiot. I mean, that was a dumb question. Why are you asking me this? And so the, the guard standing beside Jesus slapped him. And in Jewish culture, that is the highest insult you can, can do. It's just be slapped or to slap another person. And technically the guard did not have the right to do that. And the guard was kind of taken up for the high priest and and says, why are you talking to him like this? Uh, verse 22, um, it says in, in the King James Version, answerest thou the high priest so? Anybody have a, a version that kind of reads different than that? So the guard's basically saying, why are you speaking to him in that tone or like that? And, and then Jesus basically says, well, if I have spoken, if I have, you know, if what I said is wrong, let me know. You know, and why, why did you slap me? Why, why smittest thou me? In verse 23. So, there we have it. He's, he's got them agitated. They know, um, they know Christ has the upper hand as far as his ability to speak and defend himself. Okay? So, and it has made them very angry. Any questions or comments on, on this part before we move on? I'll make this comment. That, and I say this 
question principle. Whoever's asking the questions is in control. Any conversation as a rule in negotiations. This priest, this high priest starts out trying to be in control and almost immediately Christ takes control. Mm -hmm. Just like he does in every situation because he has the authority he took control. And we don't know if maybe the high priest gave a nod to the soldier or what, but their goal was to anger Christ. Because when you lose, you, you lose control of your emotions, you no longer have control of what he did. He just simply asked another question that he already knew the answer to. That's another key. You have to know the answer to the question you're asking. And the person that you're asking of needs to know that you know the answer. And, and that's what's happening here. He's teaching us, whether we realize it or not, how to deal with people who persecute us. It's, it's difficult as humans. We're not supposed to get mad. We're not supposed to get angry. We're not supposed to lash out. <clears throat> but if we'll use this question principle, we'll be in control. And God's kingdom will grow. Anybody else here think they could have maintained their composure or their temper? after being slapped like that and talked to like that. Um, let's, let's think of this on, on, on the personal level. You know, put yourself in, those, in that situation. That, that would have been extremely difficult. It's like refusing court. And you're on the witness stand, they ask you a question. Where you answer the question, then they get mad slapping for answering your question. Mm-hmm. And going back to Aaron's comment, uh, you know, anybody that's, um, say, you know, uh, law enforcement and, and you're trained in interrogation or uh, the study of law where you're interrogating or any other type of, um, you know, uh, field where you ask questions to get answers, um, they are taught and they know that the way you phrase and ask a question can dictate <clears throat> can dictate the answer you get back and it's a you know psychological thing so you know and Christ is the master at this and how he uh, not only asks a question but also how he answers a question So, um, Annas, the high priest, he's, he's, he's got fed up with it. You know, he sees this is going nowhere. So, uh, they lead him to uh, Caiaphas for a more official hearing, which we've already discussed all these different hearings and, and the legality issues with those. But um, let's read 24 through 27 real quick. <clears throat> Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas the high priest, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. And they said, Therefore art thou also one of the disciples? And he, he, uh, he denied it and said, I am not. So here we have the account of Peter standing there uh, with, the, uh, with the soldiers at the fire, staying warm, and one recognizes him and asks him if he is a disciple, and he denies it. And one of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear 
Peter cut off, saith, Did I not see thee in the garden with him? And so now Peter, you know, becomes angry. And, you know, emotion is one of, you know, one of those things that it's hard to, to put in, write, in, in words or to write. So, but you've got to kind of imagine Peter's emotion in his response here uh, in verse 27, or really not in verse 27, but in the other accounts that uh, Peter then denied it again vehemently, and immediately the cock crew, and he realized what he had done and what Christ had told him. All right, verse 28 through 30. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. So doesn't go into uh, great detail or really even give an account of what was done or what was said there in the house of Caiaphas. It picks right up into them leading Christ to, uh, to Pilate, the Roman government. Uh, the hall of judgment, and it was early. They themselves went not into the judgment hall lest they should be defiled. This was because uh, this was of a Gentile. You know, the Romans were Gentiles, and therefore they could not go into the hall of judgment uh, with it being the Passover. Pilate then went out to meet them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? And they answered and said, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. So it's silly to think that Pilate did not know what was going on or that, you know, and I'm not talking about just this instance, but most likely knew the, you know, the trouble that was quote-unquote brewing in this area. So, um, and from what I read, the, the Hall of Judgment, and I, I found this kind of funny uh, because it sounds like modern times, but when I read it, it was like the Hall of Judgment, or let's just say the courthouse, it did not open till 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. That was the hours of business, you know, from, from 8 till, you know, closing. So this was before business, you know, time, before they opened for business. But, you know, with Pilate, obviously, well, you know, with... The dispatch, now that I think of, about it, with the dispatch of all those troops, the hundreds of Roman troops, then, then Pilate did have to know something was going on. So, so he was expecting it, and he went out to meet them and, uh, <clears throat> and asked what is the accusation against him. And so then they, you know, they knew that they couldn't kill him because of the Passover. Um, and so they were going to have to come up with a charge that the Romans would find 
um, illegal. Well, basically, they, they, it would have to have been a capital offense for the Romans to put him to death. So they accused him of basically insurrection, okay, trying to overthrow the Roman government to set up his kingdom there. Um, which is kind of funny, and, and we'll get into this in a minute, but um, let's fast forward to uh, verse 40, the last verse where it says, Barabbas, John says that Barabbas was a robber. Okay? Was, was that the only thing that he had done wrong? He was what? Murderer. A murderer. What else? Involved in an insurrection. He had, I, I don't know if he was the leader or just part of a group that led an insurrection to overthrow the Roman government. The exact same thing they're accusing Christ of, okay? So Barabbas was tried and convicted legitimately by the Roman government of an insurrection and murder. Okay? And, and, you know, why, you know, John didn't get more specific with this, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just his writing style and his gravity in, in his writings. But, uh, so they have accused Christ of, you know, basically insurrection. And so, uh, In verse 31, uh, let's, let's go ahead and read 31 through 36. Uh, then Pilate unto them, said unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that, he, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and Jesus and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Okay, so um, so what were the, the charges or the main charge that the Jews had kind of settled on at this point among themselves? Blasphemy, which was a capital offense. And how was that capital offense for um, blasphemy to be served? In other stoning. Okay, so they've accused him uh, of stoning and tried him for stoning. I mean, accused him of blasphemy and tried him for blasphemy. And so since they couldn't put him to death, it being the Passover, 
uh, they couldn't stone him. How does this fit into the prophecy? He was going to be lifted up. What else? No bones broken. No bones broken. That's the, what I was looking for, Chris. I've never seen a stoning, but I can imagine that there would be some broken bones. So, you guys see how this kind of fits? And another part of the prophecy is... Who was it that actually did the killing? Romans or Gentiles. His death was delivered by Gentiles and not the Jews. Yeah, and last last week or in, we and it, the last two class periods we 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 discussed all the the hypocrisies that you know went on with this. So so Pilate took um, took Jesus and uh, into the judgment hall and. Asked him if he was the king of the Jews. And he said, um, do you know this? Are you asking this? Um, have others told you this? You know, kind of asking Pilate. Going back to what Aaron said about he's kind of trying to turn the table and ask the questions and get the upper hand instead of Pilate having the upper hand. And then Pilate says, uh, ask him, you know, Am I a Jew? Or basically, you know, I'm not a Jew. I, I don't know. Um, and he says, your own nation and chief priests are the ones have, you know, your people, basically your people are the ones that have brought you to me. So what have you done for them to bring you to me? And uh, then Jesus tells him that uh, the kingdom which... They say he is setting up or trying to establish it's not an earthly kingdom. That it, uh, it that his kingdom is it, is not of this world. And uh, if it was, then his servants, his the believers, the followers, would be fighting for him, so that he wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. And then 37 and 38, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? So Pilate's wanting to know how, I guess basically, how Christ you know, portrays himself or perceives himself. You know, do, you know, basically, do you think you're a king? And he said that I am a king. To this end I was born, and for this cause did I come to the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth 
heareth my voice. And Pilate said unto him, What is the truth? Or what is truth? That's a big, I'm sorry, that's a big difference. Okay, he asked him, What is truth? What if Pilate had a said, what is the truth? So that one little word could have made a huge difference. Um, basically saying, you know, uh, I think Pilate's basically saying, well, I don't know who's telling the truth, you know. I don't, I don't know whether to believe you or to believe the mob that's outside. Right, and that, that was, yes, you're right, Sam. That was Pilate's sole purpose was to determine if he had broken any Roman laws at that time. If you look at this conversation, Jesus made a statement which indicated he was finished. No more questions, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. What's the last thing he says there? Um, Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. I think maybe Pilate felt convicted at that point. Most likely. And he said, what is truth? Yep. I think maybe Pilate might have felt just a little bit convicted at that point himself. Yeah. He was struggling, I, I believe, in, in, internally. Mm-hmm. He was struggling. He knew he was innocent. And, and Pilate knew that they had brought him there because they were jealous. It was because of envy. He tells us that. Oh, he yeah. knew that they were envious of Christ, and they just wanted to get him out of the way. Oh. There's no way in that little area that Pilate had not heard of Jesus and the things he had done. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus just said, everyone who hears me, Pilate, Pilate heard him. Pilate was the governor. Yep. Now, granted, he was not in Jerusalem. His, whatever you want to call it, his office or governor's mansion, you know, so we can relate. He was actually in, based in Caesarea, but he had come down for, you know, legal proceedings or whatever at that time. But, you know, being governor, he had to know what all was going on in his territory that he governed. So there's no doubt. Oh, the Jews and the Romans did not get along. Don't don't ever think that they were, you know, they used each other. The Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, they used you know, their Roman government, um, you know, it was like, you know, I guess two-faced. You know, they put on this, you know, we're, um, we're subject to you and, you know, we do what you say so that they could get that power and money, keep it coming in. But they did not jihad, so to speak. They did not like each other. And that will manifest itself, will it not, in the year 70 A.D.? Paul, Pilate's wife also had talked to him about a dream she had. Yes, so not only Pilate's wife knew, and she actually told Pilate he was innocent, was an innocent man, so that kind of leads us to believe that Pilate as well knew that he was, was innocent. Jesus had started a war before, they would all know it. 
Yes. Oh, and going back to the uh, the Romans and Jews not not getting along, but uh, Barabbas had. Uh, there was obviously some, some a lot of civil unrest in this area at the time, because, like I said, Barabbas had led an insurrection already, so there was a lot of civil unrest. But um, and at the end of verse thirty-eight, um, he takes him back out to the the crowd and tells them that he finds in him no fault at all. So basically, he's saying. I think he's innocent. And then 39 and 40, which kind of is actually the start of chapter 19, but we'll go over it. Uh, but so in order to kind of appease them, and, and it was a common tradition, uh, he was going to let uh, a convict or prisoner go uh, on the Passover and he thought they, you know, because Barabbas was such a bad person, you know, they thought, he thought maybe perhaps they would select Jesus to just let him go, but they didn't. They chose Barabbas, who was a murderer, a robber, and led an insurrection. So they let him go. All right, so that's, that's it for chapter 18. Uh, Anybody have questions or comments? Could, uh, could you take go to, to Mark 14? Yeah. And uh, look at, uh, start at 65, Peter denying Jesus. All right, Mark fourteen sixty-five, beginning there. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to buffet him and to say unto him, Prophecy. And the servants did strike him with the palm of their hands. And as Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked on him and said, Thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not, neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew and a maid saw him again and began to say to say to them that stood by this is one of them and he denied it again and a little after they stood by and said again to Peter surely thou art one of them for thou art a Galilean and thy speech agreeeth thereto but he but he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called, To mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. Did this say about the cock crowing twice? Instead of once? But it says twice here. That's true. And then also here in um, 71, he does, Luke's, uh, or Mark's account does kind of show uh, Peter's emotion. It says he began to curse and to swear. 
So he was really getting aggravated at this point. 